Are you in saying the way, that like, are you that like, Staten Island's a part of New York? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or like New Rochelle is a part of New York. Like it's <laughs> it's that it's up there. <laughs> is, it, is it the Westchester County of, yeah. of London? <laughs> it's but, pretty, but it's not bougie though. I thought I thought North London wasn't bougie. Um, I don't know. I mean, Ross can speak better to it than me. I've only been a couple of times, but like, were there like uh, riots in Tottenham like ten years ago? Tottenham's a shit though. Yeah, okay. okay. So I wasn't wrong. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now we're into it. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Pop Sports Shorts. That's Dan. That's Ross. Uh, Dan is currently decked out in some. Uh, Dan, describe what you're wearing. It's called uh, first place gear. Okay. Whatever. Um, I don't even want to talk about it, but we're actually going to start with uh, the Premier League today just because there's a little more news there. Yeah. Um, we'll get on to the NFL a little later. So, um, <clears throat> Tottenham two, Palace one, Friday night football, one of my favorites. I mean, yeah. I, listen, I can't think of too much better in the footballing world than Selhurst Park on a Friday night, even as a neutral. That's a pretty, looks like a pretty spectacular atmosphere. Dan, tell us about the game. Yeah, it's got, it's got like almost like American high school football vibes. There's nothing like going to a high school football game on a Friday night. I could see why that would be a great environment. The end of the work week, every you know, everybody's you know ready to let loose. Like that seems like a great time. I wish they did more of those matches in uh, England, but um, also lines up with my schedule pretty well. Anyway, um, very good professional win once again for Tottenham. Um, Palace really brought it in the first half. Um, they really took Basuma out of the match. They really closed the midfield up on Tottenham. And, um, you know, really made it so you would think that Tottenham would have to come in and use their wings to win. And with that being said, Emerson came in the second half instead of Davies, which was the smart substitution. But what Tottenham really died saw in the second half was, you know, they just they were already controlling possession. So they just controlled possession deeper and just kept sucking Palace in and sucking Palace into their own end. And then they just sprung and they started doing this throughout the second half. And uh, obviously it turned into a much more, you know, they really pulled away from the, with the match at the end. Um, stupid ass VAR goal, be damned, cost him a boy Vicario, another clean sheet. Um, it was a pretty thorough performance. And, you know, the last few minutes were a little hairy, but they were hairy because of a really shitty VAR decision, which really bothered me at the time. I'm happy they won, but, you know, it was, it shouldn't have been so hectic at the end, if that makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, talk to me about the VAR decision a little bit. I've heard you discuss it, but uh, I haven't seen it myself. So there's two, there's, there's two issues that one. So when it happens, you know, NBC, they show all the camera views and stuff. And, you know, they showed one camera view where it was blatant that it was played, hit his chest, played off his arm and into goal it was played off his arm and a direct goal was scored. That's a handball. You can't play ball off your hand and lead right to a direct goal. Okay. But they never showed that angle again. They showed every single other angle multiple times where it's where you can make like maybe an argument that the ball didn't hit his arm and that just came off his chest and went straight down. But there is one angle where blatantly you see it hit. I want to say maybe like right down to the close to the wrist here. And they never showed that replay angle again. And it's just unbelievable. Just another baffling way that VAR just can't get it right. I do not understand how you can screw up instant replay so many times. It is it's utterly mind-blowing. And then when I go and I watch like the Rugby World Cup the past like month and a half, and it is the gold standard for officiating that sport. And it's just frustrating to have to go back to that and just see such easy decisions. And how, I, I feel like rugby is a hard game to officiate too, and yet they somehow get it right every time. And how, how soccer cannot figure out this VAR thing. And it was obvious, but you never saw that other angle again. It was maddeningly infuriating. It was like one of the more infuriating wins I can remember in a long time. Well, they can't, they can't figure out a lot of things in football. They can't figure out the handball rule. They can't figure out even offsides at this point. It's uh, VAR just adds for me, it adds another layer of human error and unclear interpretations of rules. Ross, what are your thoughts? Did you see the decision? Yeah, I am. I know you're quite passionate about this, Dan, and you definitely don't believe that was a goal, but I think that I think that was right to be given as a goal. I actually, I can't stand that rule where what else could... Now, I, I know what you're saying, like technically within the rules, but when you're when you're, are you, you're going up for your chest like that and you, your arms are going to come out, what else is he going to do? Like you can't, you can't play football any other way. You can't play with your arms down. I know what you're saying about, you know, that technically the rules say that any touch like that, but I, I don't like the rule 
the way it's instituted that says that you know that any sort of touch like that. I mean, there was no that that, that ball was going to drop to him anyway. That ball was dropping. Whether he'd been able to hit it like that if it didn't sort of brush off his hand or whatever, but that's not. He's not palmed it back into his path to sort of you know center himself and then get. I, a strike. I feel like I it just, did. I feel like it did help him though. I feel like the palm did help him line up that shot. And it was a beautiful goal. Like I, I feel yeah. I, I feel bad talking about this because it was such a beautiful strike. They you know that 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 we're talking about this on, but like. So are you seeing it? There was an angle I saw. It came from like the midfield angle. It didn't come from behind the goal. It didn't come from the sides. It came from like the midfield. And that's the angle where I blatantly saw it. And my thing is, if you played the ball off your chest first and it hits your arm, then I'm calling that a penalty. If it was like, you know, he couldn't get his arm out of the way and it was played off another player, then no, it's not a penalty. I think the fact that he controlled makes me think differently because it, it led directly to the goal. But did you see the replay from the fit from the midfield? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw I saw sort of three or four different angles of it. But I said it's, I tried to look at it, sort of say if that if that happened to a defender, and that um, the board hit the defender's chest and was thrown onto his arm like that, and then hit the you know and float the floor and cleared it, I wouldn't have been calling for a penalty. No, and the the rules wouldn't call for one either. So yeah, I know, I know, I know that I know that's different because we're talking about like like Dan, like you're saying that it's it's helping him assisting almost assisting him in the goal. But I think it's either got to be handball, it's not. But this just goes back to the conversations that we're having week in week out with penalties, where you know it's 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 so difficult for a player because players can't move with their hands by their sides at all times. So. How, Walking yeah, like penguins. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you have they, to. Don't, they don't actually waddle up and down the pitch, so it's you know it's really difficult. But yeah, I'm, I'm I feel like I've seen one. I do remember one a couple of years ago with um with actually that scumbag who now plays over for Arsenal, Declan Rice, when he one sort of brushed his hand when he was through at Sheffield United, and we thought we got a late late equaliser against uh, against them, and then it got ruled out. But it's you know the ball's moving forward, but the ball hit his stomach and then hit his arm, but it didn't change the direction of the ball. The ball was still moving in the same place. Nothing was going to change. But they it was just sort of before it was any touch at all on the hand was a handball, and now right. they've changed it to sort of say, they're sort of trying to adjust and say there is going to be some incidental contact, and I think which I think is a better way to rule it because you can't, you know, like in, in field hockey, any touch of the foot, regardless of what happens, you, you know, you stop the game, you see it in the Olympics, don't you? Any sort of touch in field hockey of the foot, they stop it and it's a, you know, it's a, I think it's a free hit or whatever it is from there. But you can't play like that in football because of the way, you know, where the ball goes up and it's going to go near the head, near the chest and stuff like that. It's, it's not practical to sort of have any, any touch of the hand. But if there's a blatant movement of the arm towards the ball, then it's, you know, it's, it's obviously completely different. But I didn't feel, I didn't feel like that was what no, I it wasn't. did. There was not a blatant movement to the ball. I, I agree with you yeah. there. Yeah. But I, I, like, I, wouldn't uh, have been, I wouldn't have been surprised to see IU's goal disallowed because I feel like I've seen similar ones disallowed. But just watching it as a fan, as I said, I'm glad it didn't actually affect the game in the sense that Tottenham did deserve to win. Not that I want Tottenham to win, but they did deserve to win. But I just think in football, those kind of goals should be OK. It should be OK just for a ball to sort of, you know, brush against an arm like that. And there's no sort of, you know, there's no sort of action. It's not like Thierry Henry against Ireland all those years ago where he's basically slapped the ball into his goal. You know, slapped the ball into Ireland's goal using his hand. It was an incident, it's incidental touch, and it was just, you know, one of those things that happens sometimes. As I said, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't given, but I kind of half expected that it might be. But um, yeah, I'm glad they sort of they did that. It's tough though. I mean, if you start adding, you know, situations to things where handball is not handball, handball, like this, this is where it's becoming muddied, and it's like in trying to interpret it in a way that fits in. So I don't know. I get both sides. Like last season, you'll remember Ross. Uh, Cresswell had a header. He headed the ball in the box. He headed it directly into his arm, which he was jumping. So it was out wide ref on the field gave a penalty. And then they looked at it in VAR and decided that, you know, it had come off his head into his arm. And that yeah. was pretty, what did it lead to, you know, uh, nothing. Okay. It was, I think probably like a drop ball or something like that, just because technically who knows, but yeah, it was uh ref gave it on the pitch and then, they overturned it. Jared has his hand up. So, uh, Jared, yes. Oh, it's going to be a fun I, soccer I just, question. I just, I, uh, not even a question, just more so, I guess, a statement. Um, at some point, I really look forward to looking back or listening back to this episode because I've been biting my tongue super, super hard to the point where I may need to like get stitches because there's been about three or four different that's what she said moments. And I didn't want to interrupt anybody's conversational flow, but. Are you yeah. talking about the cockerel on top of the ball? 
I mean, there's a, a, a small cock on top of the balls. There's oh, it's a big golden cock. It ain't small. Co- emaciated. Uh, emaciated. Crony virus infected. I don't know, but I, I think there's, and I think look, they've only had like two or three of them, like throughout their history too, of those uh, on top of the stadium. Like if you tried to cook that cock and eat it, there wouldn't be enough meat there for a meal. Like it's so skinny and emaciated. We're talking about the and I know, on top Okay, of the okay, ball. Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Look, We're I, I know about the I'm, I am. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to save the this. Hold it together. Hold it together. Ram- Ramsey Bolt. Ramsey Bolton over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to save this while there's still something to save. So obviously, having only played a little bit of like rec soccer as a kid, I'm, I know I'm not any kind of football expert or anything like that, but I, I, I'm inclined to kind of agree with Ross. Like sometimes you, you know, you catch it with the chest and your arms are there. And if the ball has any kind of nasty spin on it or something like that, like you're, what you can you, you're a chiefs fan and you're used to the word, the rules being under interpretation to your own game. It's true. So I respect wow. that. I, I get what you're Patrick Mahomes threw an interception. So we need to, two minutes, a full, like 30 seconds later, throw a flag for a hold that happened a minute before. Um, Moving on. So Tottenham, top of the league, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Um, Let's see where they are after Christmas. I I bet they'll be top of the league after Christmas. And then it will just make it even funnier when City win 26 in a row. And, you know. The collapse, not the collapse, but City inevitably will become awesome again. I mean, Erling Holland's still at, at the same pace he was last year. So he's not slowing down. Eventually the rest of them will catch up. Um, and you know, I would think in like February, you know, you might see this team start to dip a bit, but like I said, the biggest thing, and this is the big X factor one, they've been able to sub off Madison and son in almost every match and not lose and not, and not, not bottle it, which is impressive Two, They only got to play one competition unless they decide to make an FA cup run, which they probably won't because I'm sure they'll crash out in their first match. So they really, really do have a possibility of having a Lester type thing. But I have a question for you guys. When is it time? When can you really talk seriously about it? Like take all the boxing take, day. Okay. Yeah. Take Spursiness out of it after boxing day. Okay. That's my opinion. How about I, you, I Ross? just think that once. Sorry. Man. Yeah. I, I am. I realistically wouldn't until it would have to be a lot closer to the end of the season for me to realistically think Tottenham are actual proper title contenders. I don't um yeah, I I don't I don't see it with them. I don't see it with them. I think they've they've done really well so far. And the fact that they're in one competition obviously really helps them. But I think like we saw last season with Man City, it takes them it took them a little while to sort of get into gear. And I think it did last year. And um, so I think it has obviously this year as well. But yeah, okay, I just, I, realistically I just I don't see it with Tottenham. But I'm interested uh, that my my opinion might change when if the games in Man City Obviously, I know they beat Liverpool and they're a bit lucky to beat Liverpool, but obviously they, they got the draw away, um, the draw away Arsenal as well in a game they actually played really well in. But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd need to see this for a lot longer yet before I'd be convinced that they're actual title challengers. And with City, like, you know, last year, remember they were coming fresh off the World Cup last year. Or they, were, they had the World Cup, sorry, they had the World Cup in the middle of the season last year. I apologize. So most of their team participated into that. And then they also, and they had, um, when was when was the year you had the Euro? Is that two years ago? When was the Euro 2021? My bad. Okay, just the World Cup. So you had that delay in last year. There's no World Cup this year. They're just kind of starting a little slower. Do you think maybe there's a kind of like, hey, we won the treble last year. Is there much left to play for? Like, what else do we have? Well, better, to sort of like complacency setting. Yes, complacency. Yeah, I don't think so. <clears throat> I just can't see it. The way Pep's gotten them going every single year. Um and now they're facing some serious, you know, I think once, once they look up and see, uh, I don't know. I just think they're going to start their little 26 game win streak sooner than later. Cause that's what they always do. And, and yeah. who did the Spurs beat? I'm sorry. I had to ask that just to verify crystal palace, the greatest name in premier league soccer from, from South Gotta London. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the other thing too. Let's wait till obviously they were pretty fortunate against Liverpool. They played well against Arsenal. Let's see how they do against the, I don't think we can even call Manchester United anymore uh, top club. I mean, they just are an absolute mess. Curious but, to see what the Chelsea match brings. Curious to yeah. see what the Chelsea match brings and what this Chelsea team does against them. 
probably put up a lot of XG and lose one nothing. <laughs> <laughs> moving King, on. We got King Vicario back there. I mean. Ah, moving on. Uh, West Ham zero, Everton one. Um, just shit. Just West Ham came out kind of strong for the first 20 minutes, but I think everybody was overblowing it a little bit. Um, they didn't create much. Ross, what were your impressions of this game? It's just another, it's just, just three performances in a row that have just been completely lackluster. And there's been very, very small spells in the game where you think, yeah, they're sort of, you know, half great and stuff. But I sort of made the point last week and said, all right, we got beaten away at Aston Villa. And you can accept getting beat by Villa. And, and that Villa are on a very good run and they're a very good team at the moment. Obviously, we didn't play that well um, that game. What I can't accept is disappointing performances away at Olympiacos, who aren't a good team. In the, in the Europa League on Thursday and then at home against a very poor Everton team on Sunday where we just, there was just nothing. We should be taking the game to them and we should we should really be dominating them. Now, so, you know, Everton aren't a bad side. They set up, you know, all, all of Sean Dyche's teams, they always set up well and they're very disciplined, but they're not a good team. You know, they haven't really got much of an attacking threat, but they were far the better team on Sunday and When's they the last- absolutely, absolutely deserve their win. So I would take the opinion Villa away, obviously, even Olympiacos away. Um, you know, that was like we caught their primo effort. And I mean, we've done it to teams a million times back at the bowling ground where you put in a strong effort in the midfield, putting tackles in everywhere, have a lot of energy and you nick one, one, nothing. Uh, so I, I could even write that one off a little bit. This one, though, for me, it was just they can't again. They were doing some nice stuff in the buildup, but every time they got into the final third, it was just dire. They couldn't create any clear-cut chances whatsoever. I think maybe they had... Antonio had that one where he took a bad touch in the box and he had a decent look at goal. But for my eyes, I know Everton didn't create much of anything anyway, but I, I thought that came down more to... They just lacked quality on the counter. Like They had so many good-looking counters with numbers where... Somebody just made a bad pass or took a bad touch and it sunk them. But I think it could have been a lot worse. And in the end, they didn't get too many shots off. And statistically, the game looks fairly even in terms of chances, but it's just, you know, and it it is the same sort of stuff we've seen. I mean, they've struggled to break down the Sean Dyche Burnley too for quite a while. I can't remember the last time we even beat Burnley with Dyche in charge. Mm. Um, I think I think a bit something that frustrated me on Sunday as well is that we looked like we didn't really know how to use Paqueta and Kudus in the same team. Now, Paqueta is sort of diff played and he seemed to be sort of out wide a lot more on Sunday and I'm not really sure that's his best position. Ward-Prowse has been moved about a bit. Don't really understand that either. And obviously, I, did, I didn't mind the fact they took Suchek out of the team to try and bring in a more attacking player on Kudus, but they didn't, it just it didn't work. I'm not saying that Suchek should come back in, but they didn't, they haven't found a way to implement him into the team yet. Um, in a way that's actually going to work, and I think you always you can always sort of say about Moyes. I mean, you can he gets his criticism, and some of it is fair that he is sort of quite basic in some of his tactics, in that he won't be you know he isn't sort of too adventurous. But he's tried on Sunday to bring in you know have a more attacking team out there and put up sort of a more of a, an attacking lineup. But tactically, I don't think it was there. I don't think they quite knew how they should be approaching that game and what they should be doing. So that bit that bit was really disappointing as well. But Kudus is showing flashes that he needs he needs to be he needs to be on the pitch. He needs to be starting. But that wasn't a good performance from him on Thursday or on Sunday either. So there's no. there's, there's there's definitely some stuff to work on. He's he gives it away too cheaply. I mean everybody is everybody is out there saying, you know, I posted a stat in one of our group messages, Ross, about how he had something like seven turnovers and everyone's saying, well, that's because he's trying to make something happen. But a lot of them were cheap. A lot of them were just in the midfield somewhere, takes a bad touch, something like that. So I get that he was trying to make something happen. I'm not sold on him yet, but I think he just needs time. I I think he should go back to the bench though. And uh, he's looked good coming into games like against Newcastle. uh, It was something different. It was a change of pace. He was dropping into those, you know, they were pressing high up and he was dropping into those pockets of space between the midfield and the defense. Um, I don't know. I think there's a couple of things. So I do not, I think there's two arguments around David Moyes and around tactics. And I just want to touch on this a little bit because we it's been a hot topic of conversation. So there's this linear debate of Moyes in or Moyes out. And, you know, I think that's a valid debate. I think anybody can have it. I, 
to me, it goes deeper. So I am Moisin as long as we're going to be playing his style. So sitting deep, like I would have been okay with sitting back, booting it to them. And, you know, I, I would have been okay with not so much taking the game to them. But I think if we are going to start moving towards what we saw against Villa, what we saw with some decent effect against Liverpool and City, which is like a high pressing system where your forwards and some midfielders are committing to the press to try to keep the other side from playing out. I don't think he's the right manager for that system. And I think you see that time and time again, where he's trying to sort of play an in-between style. He's trying to stick to his defensive system, but also put players out there on the press. And there's not enough, there's not enough players. For instance, when they're counter-pressing, there's a huge gap between the midfield and the forwards. And then that back line, which is natural, but you kind of need a defensive midfielder who can cover a little more, a little more ground there, which is actually to me, Suchek. But on the flip side of that, it's just when they're playing out, there's nobody's presenting themselves. Nobody's stepping out of position kind of creatively to sort of make themselves available for a good pass. So everybody is sort of rigid in their positions. And I do think that's a valid criticism of voice Moise. I think if we are going to start, moving towards that style, which I don't think we should personally. I don't know that he's the right manager for it. So Ross, what are your thoughts on this? I, I, what I don't understand is why he would move to that system. I don't get it either. I I'm, not, I'm, I'm not really sure why that would be the approach he would take. Right. Now I get that he's more of a sort of a modern way of playing, but I don't think, I don't, I don't think sort of the way that Moyes has set us up for two, three years now, whatever it is, has been, it's not been completely dinosaur or completely backwards. I mean, it has got its results. And, you know, I would have been happy if we'd have sit here, if we'd sat here today and said, yeah, we sort of, we did sit deep. We let Everton come onto us, but we counterattacked and we beat him 1 0. Like, I'm, I'm more worried about, I'm more worried about the results and how it looks. And I think there's a, there's sort of an ongoing discussion with a lot of fans about how football should look and how football should be played at the end of the season. If we have, you know, if we've won the majority of our games or, you know, won a good share of our games, and even if we haven't played amazing football, I'm much I'm 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 happy with that. I don't I don't need to see, you know, this beautiful football and and stuff, you know, passed around and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's great. But the more important thing is you get your wins. That's what I want to see. And I, yeah, I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure why we would try and move to this stuff. We've always had Antonio up top, who's always been a pain in the ass for defenders and he will constantly hassle them down and stuff like that. But if you're gonna play that sort of that pressing system, you either have everyone do it or or not? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure. They're thinking. I'm with you. Maybe it's just Antonio is getting a little older, and Moise is trying to plan for the next stage, and that's legitimate. But um, yeah, I don't know. Dan, what are your thoughts here? You have your hand up. Um. So my question is: Then more maybe does Moise go to that system for this match because Everton is an inferior opponent, and if you just kind of sit back like the the normal Moise way that that you guys have been used to playing. It's pretty much in it's it's up in the possibility of maybe a scoreless draw or like a score line where ever where, where West Ham or Everton can maybe get a point and West Ham can drop, which would be West Ham dropping two points realistically. Maybe he wants to get a little more on the front foot just to kind of you know, get a goal, try to use your skill to overwhelm a team early, maybe. And you know, ensure well, the three points. Think, and then sit back and then sit back and play that style you're so good at against an Absolutely inferior opponent. I would think that's the mental approach Moise is taking coming into the yeah, game. I mean, now. he's obviously looked at it and thought we should that's a team we should be beating. You know, we should be maybe on sort of the front foot a little bit more than we normally are. But if you've got a style that's been quite successful and a bit and a style that sort of worked for you for a long time, I don't I don't like this idea of changing it game on game. Obviously, you're gonna adjust your tactics slightly, but don't change your style completely just because you're playing a team that you think are you know, that you're slightly better than. I don't, I yeah. don't, I, I'm, I'm not a fan I'd rather, of that person. You've got, you've I'd got rather walk out of that with one point than none, obviously. And right, it backfired, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are what what are West Ham's results against like lower table teams in general? Like how did uh, they fare? Twenty, mixed. yeah, mixed. 2020, 2020, 2021, The lockdown season, they were they absolutely crushed the bottom of the table. It was the craziest right. thing. And then, you know, twenty one twenty, and it's funny because twenty twenty one. Um, the only top six side they got results against was Spurs, obviously. Um, and then they <laughs> lost everybody else. But then 21-22, they got results against top six sides and then lost a lot of dumb ones against the bottom of the table. So it's just, it's been mixed. And 
I mean, that is what separates those big six sides is in those vital moments when another team's sitting deep, they have the talent and the quality that somebody can make an individual play here or there. Uh, we don't quite have that. We have players that seem like they could be capable of it, but not on a consistent basis. I mean, a lot of it too, a lot of the last couple of results, Pacata, since that international break, his form's dropped quite a bit. He has not looked anywhere near the form he was in at the beginning of the season. Um, this looked this looked more like Pacatar sort of this time last year where he wasn't quite sure where his position was, was giving the ball away a lot and was just quite unreliable at times. And I think we've come to expect a different a different sort of style from him and it's yet yeah, seemed to have sort of uh, gone backwards a little bit, which is disappointing. Well he's gonna have a he's gonna have a week off to think about it. Um, because he's now on so many yellows, he's suspended him and Alvarez are suspended. Uh the overthinking part of my brain thinks maybe that could potentially be good for West Ham against Brentford. Cause both every time we've played Brentford, we've seemed to have come out and tried to press them a little bit up high. And then they set these little counter pressing traps and hit us on the break. I wonder if maybe we'll just uh, sit deep against Brentford for a change. And I think you yeah. need to, you need the, I think you need the point at this point now, especially after dropping points to all the points to Everton, you need this point. Yeah, yeah like stay relevant in the Europe race. Yeah. Uh, I almost wonder if the big club, a lot of the big clubs except Arsenal being out of the Carabao Cup, maybe that's the best path to Europe this season. Yeah, potentially is, yeah. Yeah, so, and that leads us on. We've got Arsenal-West Ham Wednesday, and Declan Rice maybe will play, maybe won't. Um, Ross, what's going to be your reception for Declan Rice? Well, I'm not going, thankfully. So I don't need to worry about it, but no, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, still struggling with the whole Declan Rice thing a little bit. As I said, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of his move to Arsenal, and I, I still struggle to get my head around this, this 15-page-long statement that he put up when he left the club. <laughs> just make yeah, a video, dude. Everybody's making mm. videos. Just make a yeah, video. All that. Yeah, yeah. Just do, do like a four-minute video, like Harry Kane did, where no one can understand what you were saying. But he you know, put out this big statement saying that you know, oh, I love West Ham and this club means so much to me, but. But it's everything after the butt, so that means just everything else was a load of rubbish. Then, like you obviously don't love the club that much. I just, I can't sort of, I struggle to get my head around that bit where this sort of, I love the club, I love the club. This club means so much to me, but I'm also going to leave. So, I'm okay just, with that part. We're not going to pay him two hundred. We're not going to pay him two hundred and fifty k a week. They're not gonna. I, I'm okay with him leaving. That's modern football, unfortunately. Yeah, it's um, modern sports. Period. Oh, yeah. What do you yeah, think of my Harry Kane yeah, face here? Definitely is. The way he smiles is, but... with both sets of teeth. I've never seen someone like Harry. Like Harry Kane, he just smiles with both. Oh, I'm going to must Tottenham. on. Anyway. He's, he's um, kind of a creepy dude. He's got a creepy yeah. look to him, man. <laughs> uh, so you, for Harry, me, but just I'm going to be watching the game with my uh, half and half Rice Arsenal kit. So I'm just kidding. I don't oh, have that. You scumbag. <laughs> I'm going to be cheering. I'm cheering for him, That's though. That's disgusting. I, I love, never wear a Arsenal anything. Ew. <laughs> Uh, Somebody posted. That's oh, gross. Uh, one of the one of the one, of the, your mouth troll, out. one yeah. of the more trollier <laughs> accounts on West Ham posted. A, I know what I'll be wearing Wednesday, and it was like a half and half uh, kit of Rice Arsenal West Ham, and it was pretty funny. They were getting a lot of bites on it. Uh, yeah, I that's a big one because Arsenal's probably not going to put out a strong squad, so I think West Ham should actually go for it. I mean, it's the way I see it: the cups, Europa League, like the league is already starting to get away. Um, and obviously you want to maintain some good form in the league, but if you're going to go for it in the cups, like the relegation battles going to be those four clubs at the bottom. Like it's very unlikely you're going to be fall into that relegation battle. Maybe this is really a better season than many in the past to go for it in the cups. I also think Arsenal is going to go for it in the match. Too. I don't think they're going to not go for it. Like, I think they're going to, I think they're going to feel the strong, but I think so you said all the other big clubs are out. So. Maybe they're of the same thought. Like, man, this might be an easy path to a trophy. We can just get by West Ham. You guys are probably the this, two best teams. This, this, are you the two best teams left in the competition? Yeah, it's, it's. I guess it's not the trophy they need, but still, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, Arsenal. Have maybe because they win trophies, they don't give a shit. <laughs> so I am going to throw out there: Arsenal now, because of the marker they put down against City, because of the wins they've had. They, I mean, they are a legitimate title contender as far as I'm concerned, because they've had some pretty big wins already and taken some points that they didn't get last season. Um, I think we should move on. I don't really care about the Manchester Derby. The more I'm thinking about it, I put it on the show notes. Uh, United stink city are really yeah. good. Uh, yeah, I think the bigger, the bigger news anyway, before we go is the other return happening 
in uh, London this week, the return of Mauricio Pochettino to Tottenham. I'm curious Damn. as to, I'm um, sorry, my back. Oh no, sorry. You froze for a second. So I apologize for I'll me. Start that over. Um, I said the return of uh, Mauricio Pochettino to Tottenham. As Chelsea play Tottenham on Monday night. I'm curious as to the reception he'll get. And now maybe for me personally, I would give him, even though he's with Chelsea and I hate Chelsea and that's gross and disgusting. And he's probably just, you know, hates his life. And cause it's a miserable, miserable environment over there, miserable human beings. Um, <laughs> I still would give Pacino like a, a warm return, you know, do the, maybe do the a video type thing that I don't know if they do that in England, like they do in the NBA, like Kevin Durant came back to, golden state or something recently and they did a tribute video for him because he was really good for them uh no, i don't know i don't know i don't know that i don't know if that's some sort of and you don't get that ending i didn't think i didn't think you did but um i don't know i would give i i, I give him a warm reception i hope that just seems just not i'm hoping they're not too fired up to win for him and that kind of can overwhelm what tottenham's trying to do but uh tottenham really need to win this one on one day they really need to they really need to like uh <laughs> they really need to like uh you know kick ass in this one and show that they could where, where beat is, a where, team they should home, it it's at home it's at home no it's at home that's it it's his first match back at the stadium so there oh, might course, be yeah, some yeah. there might be some 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 extra piss and vinegar in Chelsea that you know Tottenham do not need but they need to win that match they need to make a state like Matt said they don't have a real Statement win, yeah. The Liverpool win was not a statement win. It was a win, but it was not a statement win. The Arsenal it was match tarnished, was like, wasn't it? Quite tarnished. Um, the the Arsenal match was a good match, a good match. But they need so, to take out like a top six side. They need to take out it. The they need to take out pretty bad. I think there needs to be a defiant win for them. So yeah, quick question because you said uh, they don't really do tribute videos. So on a scale of like one to New York Mets doing a tribute video for you know. <laughs> Fucking everybody who's played any Ricardo game. Alfonso. So yeah, like <laughs> Rick Reed. <laughs> that was I mean Damian, that was a joke last year. Was they just, easily they do, tribute video. If you've made one appearance for the Mets, they'll make you a tribute video for uh when you come back to town. I want to make a Jeff Conine tribute video. <laughs> Matt, I actually I actually remember asking you about this a few months ago and I can't remember who you it was. Did, that's right. Mets guy. Yeah, yeah, we, we chatted about this. And I was like, this guy, I, I can't even remember who it was now. I'd have to go back for a text and work out who it was. But I was like, Matt, this is like madness, what they're doing. And Matt was like, no, they do this for anyone. If you saw, <laughs> if you wore a Mets top once and you were in the stadium, you're probably getting a video. And it, just, it, just, it was madness. They'll do like, yeah, if you had like a spring training invite and you come with another team, they'll probably do like a little collection of your spring training hits or something like that. It'll they'll just do be like, like you play a video, little tribute video to like, Nickelback of you playing catch with one of the man, one of the coaches in the outfield or something. That you know what they're going to actually wind up doing is next time they do an old timers day and Pat Mahomes shows up, they're going to do a Patrick <laughs> Mahomes tribute video because his dad played for the Mets. It's all just going to be pictures of him as like a twelve year old, like walking around as a bat boy. Yeah, like in the clubhouse yeah. where Kenny bats. He was like, "Did you know that Ross? That Patrick no, Mahomes, that Patrick Mahomes was a Mets bat boy in the early two thousands." And his dad his, was a pitcher. I, his dad I, I was. Knew, an, I, knew, I knew his dad had a baseball background, but I didn't realize his, it was. I his dad was, was a, a. He was a very good middle reliever. His dad. He was a good. He was, he was good. A, he was yeah. a good pitcher. Yeah. Okay. On that note, I think we covered the tactics piece. I mean, we didn't get too in depth, and we can do that on another day of how those specific systems work. Uh, Ross, I know we want to eventually do a breakdown like that, but uh, let's move on to the NFL, where there's much happier times because we've got. Jets 13, Giants 10. Oh, you're really happy? Um, yeah, I'm so happy. I don't oh, know. my God. Wins that's a, disgusting. Wins a win. That's wins disgusting. Win. <laughs> it's like, you know that's like, that's like, that's like me being ecstatic after the Liverpool match. Come on. Don't, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> done a lot worse. Done a, I would have been ecstatic after that Liverpool match. Uh, I've done a lot. Oh, I wasn't at all, dude. I was terrible. I was the, not the way you wanted to beat Liverpool. I haven't beaten them in like eight years. It's disgusting. Style points don't matter. The thing oh. that matters right now is what a, the New York Jets are posting montages of their punter because that he was the highlight of the entire he game player of the game it was undoubtedly Thomas Morse, it was unbelievable yeah. undoubtedly uh, so, and... some of those punts he was stopping like dead on like the it... three or four yard line it was i mean i'm not really i can't say i'm a fan of punting in general but that was impressive 
nobody's a fan of punting, but it was very impressive work. He was mm-hmm. just like, they would drop, the player would let them drop, and then he would just sit there. Um, we did find out that the only bank that's open on Sunday is the one that Garrett Wilson has to go against. Um, I tried. That was because his name mm. is Banks. Um, yeah, you tried that once. Make it, make it, make yeah. it. We'd bring it back for a second run, didn't you? Um, and the other thing I think to highlight about the game is we all had more passing yards than the Giants. Yep, yeah, dude, making fun of Tay Banks against Garrett Wilson's like making fun of a homeless person, dude. Like, come on, like that's wrong. Like, you're not uh, expecting. I'm not expecting Tay Banks to be able to man up Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is significantly better than Tay Banks. Tay Banks has some potential to have a place on this team, but he's not the guy that should be matching up against one of the best wide receivers in the league. And Part of the problem is, Dan, that we don't have anyone that could match up. Yeah, exactly. There's no one. There's, yeah. there's, well, there's absolutely the no one. All right. The sec- so The secondary has some good players. They do not have any great players. They do not have a guy that can D up a number one receiver. They have a guy that can, they have guys that can D up number two and number three receivers, but not number one receivers. And any team that has a good number one receiver like Garrett Wilson is going to do damage against the Giants this year. So, Ross, give us your thoughts on the game. You have 26 seconds. It was absolutely disgusting. And I hate <laughs> well done. That should, you should have plenty of time. Yeah, it would. No, it was. It was. It was terrible. It was a terrible, terrible game. Um, it's it's tough watching that. I mean, I'm pretty sure if Tyrod Taylor stays in, we probably win that game. But we probably didn't deserve to win that game because seven or eight things need to happen. Yeah, Sorry? but there was at least a threat of the pass. Which, by the yeah, way, how did it take the Jets so long to stop the run? What were you guys doing? <sighs> <laughs> I mean, what I, I said this to you the other day, Dan, but why the Giants have got a guy, even on their practice squad, who they can't trust to throw the ball forward is absolutely beyond me. I've got, I don't expect yes. a practice squad guy to mm. be any good. Right. I don't expect him to sort of come in and light the place up. But you cannot have a guy on your practice squad or anywhere near your team that you, if, that you think on the on the chance, if he's sitting there with a backup quarterback and you're going, well, if he comes on, we can't, we can't let him throw the ball forward. What, what is he doing there then? So what you're going to hire a kicker? You know, can't kick the ball more than a yard. Like, what is right. this? Barkley was your backup to Barkley would have been a better choice. Yeah, if there yeah. was any doubt, kick. if there was any doubt that the backup quarterback for this game couldn't lead your offense, and you knew that there was an uncertain timetable to Jones's return, Joe Shane should have went out and immediately signed, and Brian Dable should have demanded that Joe Shane sign a proper backup quarterback that can run the offense at least somewhat efficiently in a situation where Tyrod Taylor, someone who routinely gets hurt, gets hurt all the time, legitimately does not have any care for his body whatsoever and gets hurt constantly. How could you go into a game with a guy like that, Tommy DeVito, no offense, Tommy DeVito, but you probably get this too if you're listening, which I know you're not. Okay. You can't go there with that dude in there. Okay. You can't go there. You can't go into game with him like that. That is awful, awful management. There is a lot to be said. This is this, a lot of this game, a lot of people are talking about Dable, this day, but a lot of this game falls on Brian Dable. The team was not prepared. Joe Shane Um, and Brian Dable did not have this team prepared. And for any scenario, and winning organizations do not do that. It's an absolute fucking embarrassment an embarrassment of a performance from the top of the organization all the way down. Same old shit, same old giants. It felt like I was watching a Joe judge, Dave Gettleman game again. That's what it felt Dan, like. Um, I know you think the giants weren't prepared. You know who else wasn't prepared for the jets defense, Kansas city, Buffalo, the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, not prepared for the defense and the fact that not prepared to have a capable backup quarterback. Oh, I get roster. it. Okay. Yeah, how do you? I think, not touchdown, make that I think touchdown Tommy. I think touchdown Tommy had a good game. He ran in. Don't patronize me. He ran a touchdown. You got a touchdown. Yeah. Get the hell it's, out of here! More than a lot of quarterbacks do against the Jets. You don't even believe that yourself. It's more than a lot of QBs. It's just another sign of the systematic problems of the New York Giants. All right, let's talk a little bit about the other New York team. That game was so fucking abysmal. That it deserved to end in a tie. That's right. I said what I, I thought said. so too. I thought I was like, this game's going to be a tie. Well, when it went to overtime, I was guess I what didn't thought it was going to be a tie. 
Zach Wilson showed happen. up, dude. Dude, let's talk Anybody about Zach Wilson. Anybody winning that game? No, let's, let's talk, talk about, about Zach. Zach. I want to no. talk. I want to. I want to rant on Zach. Matt gets to talk about Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson I was impressive. That was a good on Zach Wilson. I have shit on Zach Wilson so much, and you know what he's done? He has taken himself from like the forty-second ranked quarterback to like the fifteenth, twentieth ranked quarterback. Like he's a solid middle of the road quarterback, and. I thought you were about to say like 35th ranked. I was going to start laughing. That is like when, uh, that's like when George W. Bush was running for president and he was like the biggest uh, achievement in my career was taking Texas education from 50th to 49th or something like he said something like that. Um, So anyway, back to this, Uh, Zach Wilson made a few big time throws. I mean, he was victimized by a few drops. He made a few bad throws too, but like, the fact of the matter is he actually got a pretty good rating from PFF because he made several big time catchable throws. Uh, obviously, 26 seconds left. He leads that drive. Um, I know the refs handed it to us, obviously. So, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau made sure we were aware of that. So thank you, refs. I'll take the win. I don't care how it's done. Um, but and he wasn't offside, by the way, because I think your whole body has to be across the neutral zone is like he was in the neutral zone. But I you think when I was the, reading the rules, his whole in. body has to be across. But at the same time, he jumps early. And on the sideline, it looks like a clear offside. So you can understand why the ref threw the flag. But, you know, when you take a magnifying glass and go super slow motion, he was. Yeah, it's very it's very easy in hindsight to look at that and say, well, he wasn't offside. But at the time, I can kind of, I can see why it was given. Yeah. The one that everybody talked about, too, was the spotting of the ball. But I see that all the time where the center spots the ball. The ref takes a quick look at the sideline and touches it to give it his blessing and then backs off. Um, I mean, that happens all the time. Suddenly people are concerned with it because the Jets did it. But if the center gets that spot wrong, the ref is supposed to respot it. And then if the ref has to respot it, the game's over. So it is on the center to get a good spot there. But again, that's something I've seen happened for Tom Brady 8 million times. It's something I've seen happen probably yeah. for Eli Manning. I'm sure we can find plenty of opp- times that happen. So people getting upset about that. With the offsides, I think you have a legitimate concern. I also just don't care. I'll take a win for we're the just, refs. We're, we're just okay. not used. We're just not used to seeing the Jets run an efficient offense like that. <laughs> I mean, that's another thing on Zach Wilson because they had that, they had right in Denver right before the half, they fucked that same situation up and he got the team lined up fast. I mean, I'm not saying the kid's a star, but he's made a big improvement. And I think he's a pretty good, I think he's turned himself into a middle of the road quarterback. And when yeah. Rodgers is back, he might have a good opportunity to find a starting job somewhere else. He didn't. He he definitely looked better. Can I just point out? And it's it's something that I've complained about with him before. And uh, our, our very own Johnny Bones even pointed it out. And he's not even a sports guy, like at all. Him holding on to the ball when basically almost every defender is like breathing down his neck. He doesn't want to throw it away. And I'm not, I don't understand why he hesitates so much to throw it away, but like he's taken a couple sacks and I I believe. Yeah. Like the one you're right. Whatever game it was that I'm, I'm blanking on right now, but the one where he took the safety, I mean, the guy had him by the Jersey, but he still had the opportunity to throw it well over the receiver's heads and throw it away and not take that safety. He's, he's holding on to the ball when every sign to call it upper the 15 to one, those upper quarterbacks are just tossing it away because it's like, Oh, yep. I'm about to get hit on this. Goodbye. He's holding it for that extra second and they're unnecessary sacks. Well, this is why he's again, this is why he's an average quarterback. He's not, yeah. But again, the jump to being an average quarterback, I mean, you're looking right now, if you look at Zach Wilson film, you can see the path for him to get better. And you could not see that before. He did not look anything like an NFL quarterback before. And now he's starting to look like he can play in this league. And I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but he just, he looks like a solid starter. And that's actually a platform for him to build on yeah, versus, and it's, you know, what he was. And to Jared's point, if the... Jets would have lost that game. It would have that's what he would have been talking about with Zach Wilson right now. How he holds on to mm-hmm. the football too long because he took he took late big sacks late in that game. He I mean, did. Yeah. Thibodeau feasted in that game. Yeah. But the Jets were on what their third center. Like that yeah, offensive right. line. That's that it. offensive yeah. line was also in shambles by the end of it. And I don't want to be but 
it, no, it was a great but performance. Whether he's yeah. whether he's got the third center or the first center, he he needs to be more cognizant of throwing it away. Well, and that's and I think the case with well, any yeah. QB trying to make a play too, it, Mahomes needs right. to also do that. It was a no, great... he needs to not throw it away as much because we've seen. We'll get there. We'll get. To, yeah. Don't 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 jump the horse. I think we've spent enough time on the most boring thirteen ten. Jets total victory. Matt, I'll leave you on one point. It was a great performance in the fact that the Jets had a lot of shit thrown against them throughout the game, and they figured out a way to adapt, and by the end of the game, were the far superior team when it mattered. That fucking MetLife turf, though, man. Play on. Gotta tear that up right now. Awful. The the, the players should just refuse to play. They They should. Yeah. Ross finds that up game. and pair up uh, Soldier Field's surface as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm dead. Disappointing. Yeah, just a really, really disappointing way to lose a game. But, um, you know, if you make several mistakes like that and do things wrong in that final drive, then what do they expect? And if they don't prepare, they haven't got a quarterback who can throw the ball forwards. I mean, no, no team who finishes a minus passing yards deserves to win a game. So that's all That's all amazing. I need to say, I think. It's an amazing stat. It's an incredible stat. Um, it's a it's an absolutely disgusting stat, but we nearly won the game still somehow. Well, just as everybody predicted, um, Jets beat the Giants. But now on to another one that we all predicted: uh, and City nine, Denver twenty four. What a game! Patrick Mahomes. They the Denver Broncos had Patrick Mahomes in hell. Jared, tell How us about that. that. No. He's no Jordan. Oh yeah, Ross. Tell us about so, your bet before Jared goes. Uh, yeah, please. the sky's falling. So I woke up Sunday morning, and obviously I'm a few hours ahead of you here. But I, all I heard was the news of a big, a big snowstorm in Denver, and I thought, well, this is definitely going to be this is definitely going to be the under. So I thought, well, this is yeah. The, the, the line wasn't really moving, but I thought, well, there's no way in that snow. And even Patrick Mahomes, I thought, there's no way that that's gonna you know that's going to be a high scoring game. So, you know, I was pretty confident. I put it on a few different accounts. I thought I'll put some money here, put some money there. I, th- I was pretty comfortable with that coming in. And then it cuts to the uh, start of the game after I finished watching that abysmal Jets-Giants game. It cuts to cuts to Denver, bright sunshine. Fields com- if it wasn't for the fact that I'd heard the report, I'd have had no idea that it snowed anywhere in Denver in the last year. It looked absolutely wonderful. And then one of the first clips they show on the, uh, on the broadcast was what the stadium looked like four hours ago, completely covered in snow. And then I wanted to be sick. But uh, thankfully, it ended. The, the under did come in. It just not quite in the way that I'd expected, and obviously not quite the result that we were hoping for, Jared. So you go ahead. No, um, we we need a fucking receiver, and not a shitty Giants throwaway That's receiver. Throwaway receiver too. No, I'll get to him in a minute. Um, I don't want a shitty Giants throwaway receiver that has one or two trick plays and then a couple of massive injuries in his pocket. We don't want him either. Um, (laughs) I don't want a Chiefs reject receiver that the Jets couldn't, even the Jets couldn't find a way to do anything with him. And for some reason, we bring him back and all of the people on the Chiefs Instagram page last week were, oh, Hardman's back. Welcome back. Oh, here it is. You know, this is what we've been looking for. Look, he had one good return last week. One. This week, ball right to him. He muffs the punt and gives Denver the ball back within, I think it was 15 yards or less of the end zone. Like what? What the? What are you doing? So there was that. Um, I know we had the back and forth about a flu-stricken Mahomes as compared to some of the other quarterbacks in the league. I don't know. Uh, I, he did not look good. Obviously, three interceptions, Matt. I'm sure you have the stat line ready uh, at the trigger, uh, but was just not good. The play that solidified for me that there was no way we were bringing this game. Oh, I thought he had three. No. Maybe they didn't count the one as an interception. Maybe it was 
a fumble on one of the receivers or something. But God, we need a fucking receiver. But um, they didn't go to the running game. And uh, I, I feel like we may have talked about that once or twice in previous weeks about why Kansas City doesn't go to the run game. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You have Edwards Alaire, package him up with Hardman and send him to another team for a receiver because he's useless. You have what Pacheco. Makes you think, what makes you think another team wants those guys? I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> he just wants Maybe, them gone. Yeah, I just want them gone. Maybe the Patriots want to bring them into their losing culture. I don't know. But yeah, the Patriots Edwards Alaire is good for like nothing. Sixth round draft pick. I love right. that. I am ecstatic over like a third place four and three team. And Jared is so fucking pissed over a six and two team. That's like four games ahead in their division already. (laughs) Because we go into Denver against a team that, I mean, doesn't deserve. What do they have? Two wins in their column now? Three wins, two wins. I don't even know. They, they don't even know. Caleb Williams. That's what they have. They look horrendous. And all I heard in the, the early part of the day was how Denver is just shopping offers for Jerry Judy. So when I hear a team shopping offers for essentially one of their best players, that says to me that that team is in fire sale, that they're, they're, they're not officially throwing away the season, but they're sure as hell not putting a lot into the season. They, they didn't deserve that win, but they did deserve that win because they actually went out and played. Um, but yeah, the play that solidified for me, why there was no way that they were going to win this game and they didn't deserve to win the game is I don't even remember the guy's name. And honestly, I don't want to remember his name. I just remember his 79 locked his guy and he had Mahomes at his back. He blocked his guy backwards and the guy fell to the ground. So he sidestepped away from him. And stood there just in this frozen arms out position. And Mahomes literally ran into his gut. He didn't try to move out of the way. He didn't try to clear another path for Mahomes. He just stood there frozen and watched his quarterback run right into him. And as soon as Mahomes hit the ground, you could see him like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Why, why, why are you just, you're just done with the play. That's it. Are you like, are you one of those NPCs in the background where you just stand like the computer doesn't move you because you're out of, out of the focus? Like, I don't know. It was just, it was horrendous. Um, we seem to always shit out one third of a game every season. Most teams so do. Most teams do. I, I'm, I'm hoping Most this teams is shit that. out many. The Giants shit out about 11 a season. The Giants 12, have already well, had, I yeah. watched, even though I watched the tail end of Washington. their most recent one. <laughs> Um, but I, what I, I think I, though, is I think we should yeah. do a couple of things. So I think we should, um, it, Jared, when Patrick Mahomes wins the AFC championship game against Aaron Rodgers in the jets, after he's made his miraculous return from his Achilles surgery, you're not even going to remember this game. Okay. So just try to keep that in mind. Um, Number two, I think instead of MetLife, Dan, we should start playing the games at City Field so that that way, if Kansas City and the Jets play each other, uh, they can put together a tribute video for Hardman. Yes, and for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yes. Hardman, Hardman doesn't even deserve to have his face shown on the, the big screen in the Kansas The would City. still make him a tribute video. He doesn't even Definitely. deserve to be on the big screen in Kansas City in their home field doesn't even deserve it he's he's garbage he spent more time hurt in his previous stint in kansas city and there's a reason why they let him go in the first place so that's like you break up with your ex and then ah, let me let me let me give it one more shot maybe maybe it's worth rekind no no it's not it's not walk away Talk it up as a loss. It was a terrible decision. Move on. Um, they are not going to be able to play Miami in Frankfurt the way that they just played Denver in Denver. Not at all. Counterpoint. Um, counterpoint. They're going to beat Miami 
So you just think there's some fundamental flaws on this Chiefs team that didn't exist in prior Chiefs teams that you're seeing this year. Now you're telling us with all this ranting. I I think there are flaws that just are becoming more evident this year. Um, the lack of solid receiving. Um, I mean, now we have what could have been one of our decent receivers on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, yeah. So pa- pack a couple of them up, get a good, a good deal on a receiver or start pulling up from the practice squad. You don't need them to throw any passes. You just need them to catch a ball. So hopefully they can handle that. I, I mean, Mahomes still threw for more than a hundred yards. So I guess that's okay. Um, Hopefully he's feeling better by the time they get to Germany. And if they don't do well against Miami, which I'm still concerned about, um, I'm just going to get on the next episode, scream the F word as loud as I can, and then just get off. And that'll be the end of my participation. I'm holding you to that. I'm holding you to that because there's a good chance that Miami's going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) Uh, See, I don't think so. Um, all right, moving on from the NFL. I know there's other games, but uh, eh. let's uh, let's chat. Let's spend about five minutes because we have to wrap up. Dan, uh, give us your thoughts on the Devil season so far. Ah, Devil season. So it's been really interesting. Um, their last game, the five on five play improved. Um, Siegenthaler had a better game, so you're seeing some signs of like them being able to at least address the problems they're having, and the players are addressing the. You know, their slow starts and, try, and you know, doing whatever they need to do behind the scenes to play better. Um, you know, they played a, a pretty good Minnesota team, you know, that's got some good speed, you know. And they played them, you know, I thought they played them you know, pretty damn well for the most part. Um, and I think with this season, what you're starting to see is, you know, they're dominant on the power. They're, and their penalty kill is pretty damn good, too, you know. But they've just been – it's I've, this power play, it's unbelievable. It's, it's like – Unbelievable. We're it's talking about eight, last we're, we're talking about like you know we're going like eighties Oilers type level production here, okay? So Dan, really quick, just to give you a few stats, they lead the league. Obviously, they're number one power play with I think they have sixteen power play goals. But you look at that, they are overperforming their xG, but their xG is still they have ten xG on the right, power yeah, play, which is still good for fourth in the league. Yeah, like, so right. It's even though they're overperforming, it's still a ridiculously high number. Ross loves hockey xG and. The, uh, <laughs> and Just nodding I, his head the moment I say the letters. What I think <laughs> you're going to see happen with the Devils here, you know, right now the Devil, I think teams are trying to, you know, they're playing the Devils a little more physical, trying to match them aggressively, trying to take their speed out of the game, you know. But that type of you know, hockey is going to draw a penalty. You're going to draw penalties now and again, you know, trying to contain that speed and. That's what a lot of, and the Devils are just punishing teams on the power play. So at some point, these teams are going to have to, if the Devils power play keeps this up, teams are going to have to adjust how they play them. They're not going to be able to play them as physical because they'd probably rather take their chances with five on five than going on the power play against the squad. And you just have so many weapons. You have, you have so many weapons, dude. You have last season. They couldn't really punish you on the power play. Yeah. Right. So now you have two, you have two defensemen back there who are just absolute lethal shots, lethal weapons with with Dougie and and, and Luke Hughes, and then Jack Hughes. You take a man off the ice with Jack Hughes on the ice. I mean, it's just it's it's as close to an automatic goal in this league as anything else right now. It's not fair. Um, a few pieces on that. One thing too that I the defensively they've been atrocious. Goal oh, tending has been atrocious. Terrible, terrible. Here's the one piece I'm keeping in mind. So right now the season's just started. Everyone's fresh. Um, Lindy, the last few years, has done a great job of not overdoing anybody's minutes. So as a result, I think as the season wears on, they and you saw it last year too, they just looked a little fresher in the middle of the season. I think you'll see a similar thing. Yeah. Um, got our fourth guest on right now. Uh, <laughs> so, um, the dogs, it sounds like Moisen. It sounds like the dog saying oh. Moisen. And I yeah, think she's, we've, got, we've got people knocking at the door for Halloween, so she's going a bit mad. Well, I think on that note, guys, um, we should wrap up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jared's already left. He left in a flurry about Kansas City. Um, that's Ross. 
That's Dan. Thank you guys for tuning into Pop Sports Shorts. I'm not going to thank... By the way, when I thanked you guys, I don't know what the hell I was doing last week. It was like my brain left my body and I was watching myself from the outside. I don't know why I fucking thanked you guys. That was so weird. So I'm just going to say bye. um, And uh, have a good one, everyone. Later.